This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. a lifestyle. When you wake up in the morning, when you go to work, when you drive, when you're in the Walmart, Christian is, is a lifestyle. You know, I, I'd rather be dull, lazy of hearing than what man has to say, what the news has to broadcast, or what articles are in the paper. I'd rather be dull uh, from hearing what man has to say, what Oprah, Dr. Phil, or The View has to say about anything. But I want to hear what God has to say. Staying focused takes intention. When you're in a room filled with people all talking at once, you have to work to listen to one specific person. Or when your favorite song comes on the radio, you have to choose to focus on what your spouse is saying instead. Sometimes we choose to focus on and listen to the voices that are in the world over the voice of God. Today, Pastor Eddie encourages you to tune out the world and listen to God only. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 5 as he begins his message, a call to spiritual growth. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. We're going to read to chapter 6, verse 3. Chapter 6, verse 3. The writer writes this, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, For he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. We end now reading there, and we'll begin our study. And so far, the writer of the book of Hebrews has used many passages in the Bible. One day... I just wanted to tell you up all the times he, he refers to the scriptures, uh, but it's a plethora of, of passages of the Old Testament. And so far he has proved that Jesus is better than the prophets. He's better than the angels. He's better than Moses. He's better than Joshua. Now, I had originally planned, thinking of going, I was going to go to verse 20. I said, well, I'll go to verse 12. <laughs> 
And then after doing more study, I said, well, I think we're only going to make the first three, the studies for the first three uh, verses of chapter six. And, you know, we don't want to rush the word of God in the same way you don't want to rush in eating because I tell you why. And those of you who know about Hebrews chapter six, just so that you know, Hebrews chapter six is the most controversial chapter and the most difficult chapter to interpret in all of the New Testament. There isn't there are other some controversial, but nothing like chapter six. And before we get into particularly verse four and up to verse seven or eight. I think we need to spend some time with that because there are at least four or five views as the interpretation of that. We're going to go over all those views and then we're going to give you the right one. Not just kidding. I'm going to let you decide. <laughs> uh, so it's a very uh, interesting chapter, but you can do that for homework. You can read that the rest of chapter six. So you'll be ready for our next study. Lord willing, uh, should he tarry, uh, we, we will go over that. So, but anyway, that brings us to a section here, which I think is important for us to kind of look at anyway, because it deals with spiritual maturity, spiritual maturity. Okay, do you remember we left off in verse 11 and we're beginning with verse 11 again, really at the end of verse 11 is because if you look at verse 11, just read verse 11 again, uh, look at verse 11 of chapter 5. The writer of Hebrews says this, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Now, what was he talking about? If we go back to our study, he was talking about the priesthood between Melchizedek and Jesus Christ. And there is much to talk about. However, their ears were dull of hearing. They weren't mature. And that's what he's going to talk about here. He couldn't continue on with the teaching and making the connection between Jesus Christ, our Messiah, and the Old Testament figure, Melchizedek. Which, as a matter of fact, the book of the writer of Hebrew mentions Melchizedek more than Genesis. He's only mentioned twice in the entire Old Testament in Genesis and in the Psalms. However, he's mentioned many times, I believe it's nine, I believe, in the book of Hebrews. So he wants to make the connection there, but he had to pause because there was a level of maturity within the first read of Hebrews. It wasn't to a point where he continued talking and explaining that. I don't know if you've been there. You get to a point of the Bible, well, I don't really understand that. I really have to sit down and shift through the scriptures and I don't understand it. Well, that's how the first reader of Hebrews were. And so we're going to look at a call to spiritual maturity, a call to spiritual maturity. And we're going to look at two things in chapter five, verses 11 to 14. We're going to look at those who are spiritually immature. Those who are spiritually immature, and that's in chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Then, when we get to chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, we're going to see a call to spiritual maturity. A call to spiritual maturity. Well, we read the text. Let us now study it verse by verse. Let us begin at the end of verse 11, chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 11, at the very end. He says, since you have become dull of hearing. You have become dull of hearing. Remember, he wanted it to talk more. Uh, the subject about Melchizedek would be a lengthy teaching. And, you know, there is a connection between Melchizedek. That's why he's mentioned in the very beginning of the Bible. But it will be hard to the first uh, readers of the book of Hebrew. Why? Very simple. They were spiritually immature. 
spiritually immature. And that is the case today, as there are a lot of Christians who are not mature in their faith. And this study will bring conviction, and I hope it does, because that's what we want. (laughs) Am I right? How many love conviction? I do. I pray for it all the time. I want the Holy Spirit to convict me. That's what the job of the Holy Spirit. He wants to convict you of the things you're not doing that are not pleasing God as you walk in your faith. I mean, he convicted you before you came to the cross. That's why you came to the cross. He was power alongside you and told you that you are a sinner. You need to repent. You need to turn your mind, your life around and, and turn your life to Jesus. And then once he worked alongside you, para, he then comes en, the Greek word, which is in. He comes in your heart. You accept him now. And then at the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was upon you, epi. So the Holy Spirit plays an important role in your life. Not condemnation. Satan wants to condemn you whenever you blow it. And he does a great job at it. Every time. It never fails. Every time you blow it. God is there ready to sympathize with you. Remember, we have a great high priest who cannot sympathize with us. He's there ready to receive you, to forgive you, and to build you up. The Satan wants to condemn you. Don't confuse the two. Condemnation, the Bible says there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But we have the Holy Spirit. We want conviction. I ask that you pray that the Holy Spirit does convict you daily. So that way it will show you this is wrong. This is what pleases God. And this is what does not please God. And so here, this message is going to bring conviction. And I hope it does because it's for your your sake. It's for the sake of walking in faith in Christ Jesus. And so when we see the signs of spiritual immaturity, the first one we see in verse 11, one of the signs of spiritual immaturity, those that are immature spiritually, is being dull of hearing. Now, the Greek word for dull is the Greek word notros. And it's mentioned only two times in the New Testament. Here, in chapter 5, verse 11, and in chapter 6, verse 12, and it means sluggish, slow, and lazy. That's what it means. But it's, it's dull ears that cannot receive the depth of truth. It's too heavy. And because it's too heavy, like, it's like when you're lazy. Oh, I don't want to carry this. I'm just, I'll pick it up some other time. <laughs> you know, it's the same. Now, the reality is being dull of hearing is not the problem of the ears, but it's the problem of the heart. It's the problem of the heart. Problem of the heart. One with the issue of the heart would not be interested in what God has to say. Hello, sometimes this happens to us. God wants to speak to us, but not today, Lord. How about another time? I got to go golfing. I got to go on the computer and do nothing. I don't know. (laughs) How often that's true for us. We get lazy in the faith. And when it comes to explaining biblical truth that are in the Bible, it becomes too difficult for us to receive it, and we eventually will ignore it. Some of the signs of, of being dull of hearing is not regularly reading your Bible. Not reading your Bible. That's how we hear from the Lord. This is how we hear from the Lord. Okay? You don't need a prophet. Okay? You don't need to turn on the radio and put on some, you know, Christian channel where it's filled with prosperity teachers that want your money. All you got, if you want to hear from God, here. I wonder what God's will for my life is here. I want God to talk to me here. You want to hear him audibly? Read it out loud. 
Get one of those little echo things. Ooh, you know, whatever. Read the Bible. God talks to us through the word of God. That's how he speaks to us. And that's one of the signs of having dull ears and uh, you're not interested in what the Bible has to say. The only time you read your Bible is when you're in church. Only when you're in church. Do you read it at home? Do you take time and devotion and read and see what God has to say for you? You don't make an effort to even understand some of the passages in the scripture. Oh, that's too difficult. That's not for me. I'm saved. I'm happy with that. Let's let the scholars and let Pastor Eddie, Pastor John teach on that. (laughs) Become dull, lazy, lazy. Or you get to a part in the Bible, and this is the dangerous part, and you don't believe and receive what the Bible has to say. Because the culture says something different. Well, I'm of this culture, and that's old. That was a long time ago. Uh, These, you know, that doesn't apply today. Oh, yes, it does. And so there is, a, there is a point where you start getting dull in the ear. And so the first readers of, of the book of Hebrews, you know, they were Jewish believers. They were dull. However, not all Jewish believers were dull of hearing. As a matter of fact, Paul identified a group of Jews who actually listened, and they were the believers in Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians, this is what he says. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, he said of these Thessalonians, he says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Why? Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. And that should be how we are to receive the word where I can say, you know, I'm really blessed. You guys come back every Sunday. You know, it's because you love the word of God. You know, you're learning. But I I want to encourage you because the message will help you to take this learning and learn how to take it home and study for yourself. And that's important because you're not only a Christian when you come here. Christian is a lifestyle. When you wake up in the morning, when you go to work, when you drive, when you're in the Walmart, Christian is, is a lifestyle. And you know, I, I'd rather be dull, lazy of hearing what man has to say, what the news has to broadcast, what articles are in the paper. I'd rather be dull uh, from hearing what man has to say, what Oprah, Dr. Phil, or The View has to say about anything. But I want to hear what God has to say. I want to be tentative. I want to be ready to what God's word has to say in my life because it is the word of God that gives us wisdom. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And we need to grow in the word. So we need to do that. And we can't do that if we're lazy in the word of God, if we're dull of hearing. That is the first sign. The second sign of those who are spiritually immature is teaching. Look at verse 12, and we're going to get into verse 13 as well. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. By this time, he is writing to, again, uh, Hebrews, he's a Hebrews, writing to Hebrews, and by this time, the, the book of Hebrews was written around A.D. 67 to A.D. 69. Uh, Jesus was crucified and rose again 33 A.D., okay? 
So we're looking about 30 years, three decades, that some of these may have been believers in Christ. They may have followed Christ before his crucifixion. So we're looking at Christians who have at least 30 years. How about 20? How about 10? How about five or even a year or at the very least a month saved? By this time, you ought to be teaching, not being a scholar, not giving Bible studies, but you're able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't need a scholar. You don't, you need to be a scholar. You don't need to have a degree. All you need is to share what, how you've been saved and that you believe in Jesus Christ. However, they were not spiritually mature because they were not, they were not able to teach the simple things. It's the simple things, the, the first principles of the oracles of God. Now, the phrase oracles of God is commonly used in the Old Testament, okay? However, when we read it in context, context is king, is very important because we could take one passage, forget what's written before that, was written after that. People love to quote scripture and they quote it wrong. And if you don't teach it in context, you're conning the verse, <laughs> Okay, and here's a very uh, simple acronym, acronym, acronym. Okay, it's my Spanglish to me. I can't pronounce that word, son. But anyway, it's BAM, B-A-M, B-A-M. Remember that when you study the word of God. B, read what's before the text that you do not understand or you're trying to get something out of. A, after that text, and then go back to the middle. Read it over and over again, but then BAM, B-A-M. And you get to learn and keep everything in context. So this phrase, the oracles of God, though it's commonly used in the Old Testament, we see that the writer is trying to connect it to the element principles. And we find that in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Drop down to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. See, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says, therefore, leaving, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Okay, and so the the, read, the first readers of the book of Hebrews, they weren't mature enough to teach. Now, here's where you're going to start the elbow ministry, okay? Here's where you're going to probably hear the holy grunt or whatever. <laughs> that applies to you and I. That applies to you and that applies to me. And I say this boldly with love. Because this is the word of God, and it's probably speaking to you this morning. It will be speaking to you throughout the study, um, whether you're watching this live on, on Facebook or on the radio, whatever it is. This is the word of God. The question that I have, and the question that would be asked, and it's the right question to ask, is how long you've been a Christian? How long you have been a believer in Jesus Christ and you find yourself unable to teach and share the gospel, at least the gospel? How long you've been saved? How long you've been coming to church? You've been a Christian for fill in the blank, how many years? And you don't understand the basic principles of Christ, the cross, the blood of Christ, repentance, salvation, justification by faith. Do you understand that? Can you defend those very things that made you a believer in Jesus Christ? Because if you don't understand it, then obviously you won't be able to teach it. 
You have to study, know it well enough, know anything or study something in order to teach it. You may say, well, I'm saved, born again, and I know it enough to be saved. That's good. Praise God for faith, right? Because that's what faith is all about. It's not by works. However, how will, you, how will you be able to teach what you believe in? Are you able to teach about the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the Trinity, all these things that the world wants to know? You are Christian. You go to church. Who do you think they're going to ask? So the question, are you able to teach? You're saved. You're a believer in Christ, but are you able to teach? Again, it doesn't mean that you're going to get on a podium and start teaching, but you're able to teach the gospel to those who ask. Do you, why you believe in Jesus? Why you believe in Jesus? Why Jesus? And we live in an age where there are more atheists than ever before. I was reading a book by a writer, and, and he opens up by saying that, uh, just talking about the death of Billy Graham, he says, there will never be a Billy Graham, ever be a Billy Graham, because the generation that made him no longer exists. And that is the truth, because at that generation, he would fill tents, because you went to school to learn math, arithmetic, you know, uh, English, history, you didn't get to go to school to be indoctrinated. And what they're doctrinating you is that, that there is no God. They say they don't want religion, but in actuality, they are replacing Christianity, the religion of Christianity, but the religion of atheism. That is a religion by definition. And so we have gone from generation where you say, hey, you was, came from goop, cosmic soup. Yeah, who's your answer? Monkey. There's still monkeys, but I'm not a monkey. I don't get it. We may end up acting like monkeys, but, you know, we came from monkeys when they forget about the beginning. And so how can you defend God? How can you defend where if they were to ask you, who is Jesus? Why did he die on the cross? How can I enter the kingdom of heaven? Do all Christians go to heaven? Do all people go to heaven? Is there a hell? Is there purgatory? Not biblical, just in case. You know, you need to have the answers. But you, how long have you been a Christian? Fill in the blank. Paul writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. It says, preach the word. The explanation, the explanation point was there. It said, preach the word. We preach out there. We teach in here. We proclaim out there. We explain in here. He said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching out there not here here is where we study and we teach i am not a preacher i'm a teacher we have too many preachers it's to teach the word of god you are called to preach you've been listening to running the race with pastor eddie Pastor Eddie's been digging into the book of Hebrews in a series called Jesus is Better. This book touches on so many amazing things, but really ties in the Old Testament covenant with the new. The author mentions the importance of the high priest and the sacrifices that were made. But the point is that Jesus became the high priest and also the sacrificial lamb for all people. Isn't it amazing how Jesus fulfilled all that was in the Old Testament? It's because Jesus became the high priest that now we can go to him for our strength our courage, and our hope. 
Another way to come to God is in prayer. Jessica wants to tell you more about this. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program. And we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. While you're there, you can find all sorts of information about Calvary Chapel of Milford. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit on a Sunday morning. You'll find service times and directions on our website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks for listening to Running the Race.